Hello, and welcome to the Shingo Principles Podcast, the podcast for those interested in building a culture of continuous improvement and sustainable organizational excellence. I'm your host, Mary Price, with the Shingo Institute, a program in the John M. Huntsman School of Business at Utah State University. The Shingo Principles Podcast is our way of inviting you to join some of the interesting conversations we have with thought leaders and practitioners around the world experienced in transforming cultures using principles, systems, and tools. I look forward to hearing what you think, and please be sure to subscribe. In this episode of the Shingo Principles podcast, we hear from Ken Snyder, Executive Director of the Shingo Institute, as he shares insights from Shigeo Shingo. Dr. Shingo said, production is a network of process and operations and leaders need to separate operations from the process. In this case, it is necessary to have a proper understanding of the distinction between process and operations. Key topics covered in this podcast include how the benefits of focusing on process first before focusing on operations are much lower cost of capital, much higher productivity rates, much faster time to market, lower inventory carrying costs, lower labor costs, and lower training costs. And that's the Shingo guiding principle we're going to talk about today is focus on process. And just as some background, um, the Shingo Institute exists to help organizations on their journey to excellence by improve, helping them improve the process of improvement. And a little more background, we are part of the John M. Huntsman School of Business at Utah State University. We administer the Shingo Prize, and we are named after Shigeo Shingo. And he is a Japanese industrial engineer and consultant who was hired by Toyota to help them develop the Toyota production system. He wrote seven books that have been translated into English. He also wrote another 10 books that in Japanese that haven't been translated. Um, the topic we're going to talk about today is the thing he wrote about the most in those books, and it's a, an, an aspect of focus on process. And while many of Shingo's teachings have been brought into our, our lean lexicon, uh, words such as pokeyoke or smed and, or one piece flow, those have all are things that most everybody hears about. The concept that he taught in every one of his books and wrote about more than anything else is something that has not caught on nearly as much. And that's the one reason I chose this topic for, for today's webinar. Just a, a refresher of the shingle model. Uh, these are the different elements of the model. And we have our explanation of the reason why behind we do, why we do the things we do is based on the guiding principles. We divide those principles into three different dimensions, cultural enablers, continuous improvement, and enterprise alignment. And within that, we have a total of 10 different principles. Today, the focus is on one that drives improvement and that is focus on process. Over the years, I have collected a whole bunch of different uh, applications. I've seen people use folk, that term focus on process or focus on the process. And, and so I've collected those and I'd just like to share those with you just briefly before we dive into Shingo's single most uh, area where he, he used the term focus on process. So focus on the process to make the 
to make the process easy, as opposed to uh, making it hard. Or we need to improve the processes so that it's easy to do the right thing and difficult to do the wrong thing. Focus on the process to eliminate waste. Focus on the entire process. Shingo often used that when, when we nowadays talk about a value stream, if he was talking about that similar concept of a value stream, he still used that same word process in most cases. Focus on the process more than the result, rather than focus on uh, focus on how you get there and you make more improvement in the results than if you just focus on the results. Focus on the process more than the product. If you have a stable and good process, you can have some level of reliability that your product is going to be to be good also. Focus on the process to define the role of operators, operations, and products in the process. Focus on the process to solve problems. And of course, maybe the most common way we use it when we say focus on the process is go and observe the process and see what's going on there so you understand it and understand what's, what's true and what isn't true about what's happening there. But I'm going to introduce you to uh, the Shingo teaching where he talked about focus on process the most. This is uh, on his most famous book, the green book about the Toyota production system. This is on page one. And there's this drawing that Shingo has in all 17 of his books. And he calls it the structure of production. And he portrays production as the process is something, and he always draws it vertically. So it's because he'd liken it to a river flowing downstream. So it always has to be vertical. The process is something that's vertical. And then when you stop the process and do an operation on a product, for example, and I'm gonna talk about production and then I'll apply it to a couple of other different industries because I think the same lessons can be learned from, those, from, from what Chingo teaches and, and apply to other industries as well. But when you stop the product in this flow of process, you are disrupting the process and you, you stop it. And that waste, is, there's, a, there's a delay waste and you do an operation on a product and then return it to the process where it continues the flow. And so this ties closely to the concept of flow. It ties closely to the concept of, of, of a value stream and so on. But he separated out and, and having run manufacturing companies for 30 years, this was a unique teaching to me. It wasn't something that I had thought of. I, I am guilty of what Shingo accused us of being, and that is focusing too much on operations and not focusing on the process. And the operations are those uh, horizontal lines where we stop the product to do some sort of operation on it. And, and true, it is true that most of the value we add might be in that operation, but most of the improvements we can make are by improving the process and not the operations. Operations are singular in that they might improve some little piece of the total product production, but the process improves everything. And so he taught over and over and over again, focus on the process and not the operations, or a different way he put it was, focus on the process first. And once you have made all of the improvements you need to make in the process, then go back and focus on the operations and improve the, the operations because they will have much less impact on the overall improvement effort. So I'd like to, to share a story of a company that got this principle early. 
and understood it well. And that's a, a company that is one of our benchmark companies. It's a shingle price recipient organization in the 1990s. And then they have, since that time, they have continued uh, getting better and better and better and better. And we go back and study them and learn from them all the time. And we like to share what, what we learn from them with the rest of the world. But it's a company called OC Tanner. They happen to be fairly local to, to us at Utah State University being located, their headquarters being located in Salt Lake City, Utah. They have facilities in other places in the world, in Canada and the UK and India that I know of. Um, but when they started their lean journey in the 1980s, the very first step they did when they were getting, getting to the point of, we've got to get serious about this is, and historically they had produced uh, everything in a silo. So they had a, a stamping department, they had a plating department and so on. And the product would move from department to department and each department was in a different room. And as they, as they moved the product, they'd move it in batches and they had lots, I, I wasn't there, I didn't see it, but they say they had lots of batches and it took them 20 to 30 days to, to produce a typical product because it was moving from department and to a different department in large batches. And the first thing they did, the very first step they made was they took all their machines and they mashed them together. And that's a term I've heard many of them use as they've told me this story and I've, I've had a chance to, to pick their brains. And the most commonly term is they just simply took their machines and mashed them together. They took a, a, they took a stamping machine and stuck it right next to the plating bath and right next to the, and, and so on. And so instead of going from department to department, the product then had a step-by-step-by-step -step -step process flow. And it cut immediately cut their uh, production time, time from 20 plus days down to about seven days. And that was a huge improvement, even though they hadn't synchronized anything, they hadn't tried to streamline it, they hadn't even started working on anything like one piece flow. All they did was mash their equipment together. So every, you could see it all in one line and, and it was one clear process. And that's, a, that's an application of focusing on process first before you start focusing on operations. I'd like to, sh to share another story. And I, I wrote about this in a blog article that we posted a couple of weeks ago in preparation for this, but I'll, I'd like to go through it again. It's, and the reason I do this is because I've seen a lot of really good companies who get just about everything in the shingle model, except for this particular principle of focusing on process. And I'll, I'll pick on a pharma company because I can show you some pictures of, of a typical pharma. When, when I'm talking about a pharma company, this is a fairly typical layout of a pharmaceutical plant. What you see in the middle there is a big tall tower and that tower, inside that tower is there's a big mixing vat where as they mix the different chemicals or ingredients, if you will, that go into a, a uh, pharmaceutical product. And it's, it's very similar for many food products as well, but just in this case, a pharmaceutical product they have different pipes that, that pipe the different things into that vat, it gets mixed and they make a large vat of product. It's a big batch. This is big batch thinking. This is not one piece flow thinking. And, and the problem is, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the story. I was visiting a facility such as this uh, because we were uh, doing a certification of a new uh, affiliate facilitator 
And I had the chance to spend a few days there and, and got to dive uh, deeper into their operations and, and look at the VAT and talk to a bunch of people there during the course of, of my week at that facility. And as I talked to the people who were in the, the VAT room, if you will, they, they told me about the improvements they had made that reduced the, turn, the changeover time for the VAT. It was taking them 18 hours to do the changeover and, and through applying a number of different SMED techniques, they had managed to get that changeover from 18 hours down to 11 hours. And then they jokingly said to me, we're, we're working to, get, to achieve SED. And I go, SED? And they go, yeah, single shift exchange of dye. And it made me laugh because one of Shingo's famous things is his single minute exchange of dye, which is all changeover should be done in less than 10 minutes. As soon as you get into double digits, then it's not SMED anymore. You need, a, you need the, the changeover time to be less than 10 minutes. So it's a single digit or single minute exchange of dye. And they were, they were jokingly calling it SED within their plant. But the problem is, is you have to, to sanitize, repurify every time you do a changeover. And that was the thing that was holding them up the most. They were managing to get the, the, the different ingredients together more quickly, but just the cleaning process to sanitize and get it ready for a chain, get it ready for a new product to enter the vat took them you know, up, to, up to 11 hours and they were striving to get it down to eight, but it's, it was a struggle. And their OEE uh, was, they had increased it from 42% to 58%. So they've done some really good things, but they, the fundamental structure of production, to use Shingo's term, was wrong. Their thinking was wrong about that. And so I shared with them the idea of what if you had a bunch of little vats, each dedicated to a product? And they go, it was like blew their mind, like we'd never thought of that before. How could we do that? But we got into some deep discussions about it and they thought, well, this is worth doing some research. And they ended up sharing it up the line. The team I was talking to ended up sharing it up the line and, and apparently it got circulated at an executive level because not too long after that, uh, I was hosting a steady tour and, and the, the vice president of R&D for the company was on the steady tour. And he started quizzing me about this discussion I'd had with the rest of the team members that were at a plant like this. And, and he said, can you explain this to me? I, I, I'm not a production guy, I'm an R&D scientist, and, but we keep talking about it now and, and I wanna understand it better. So we happened to be visiting a number of really good facilities that had one piece flow. And I use that as a good example of how to create the, the, the kind of focus on process uh, that, would, that would allow for a much smoother flow, wouldn't have these 11 hour disruptions to the, to the process when they did a changeover to the vat. And I said, is there any way to produce your product using small machines? And, and a light went off in his, in his head and he started describing to me, and I, this is just a, an example that I found online. So this isn't something they use. This is just an example online of a tabletop uh, pharmaceutical vat. Okay, the, right in the middle, you can see the tank and they, and, and I don't know how big their real tabletop things are, but he started describing to me that when we finally get ready to, to submit something to the FDA for approval, a, a new drug that we've developed, we have to, we, ha we create a tabletop production line in order to do that. And 
he said, once we get certified certified by the FDA and it gets approved, then we go back and we start building the plant or changing an existing plant so that we can produce that product. He says that process post-approval up to production usually takes two to three years. And then he says, if we just replicated our tabletop production line, we could be in production within a month and have it up to the production levels that we need within six months. It would save us on average about two years of our patent cycle and would be to market a couple of years earlier. And I just started, you know, it kind of, you could see his mind going in this direction, like this could be huge for us. And that's the point I wanna make is when you look at the, I'm gonna go back to the, the Shingo diagram here. When you go back to thinking of the structure of production in the right way, and you focus on the process before you focus on the operations, you put process first and those improvements first, you can make incredible improvements such as the one that they are now contemplating in this pharmaceutical company, which is they save two to three years on, on their time to market. They're that much earlier to market. They get two to three more years on their patent protection for every uh, product that they develop. They, ch they change the way they do production so that you eliminate the changeover of the big vat from 11 hours down to conceivably no changeovers at all. And so in this particular case, the plant that I was at, they said they had 11 different products they produced there. And so sometime during that month, if they just produce one big batch each month, they hit their monthly production quota. Then they have to do 11, 11 hour changeovers. So there's that much downtime. In this case, you only run the machine when you need it, if you have 11 different uh, tabletop lines, each producing what you need, you can change to a pure pole system because you're responding to demand instead of anticipating the production you would need for the month in a big vat batch system. And, and so he started thinking about the potential of this kind of approach in production. And we realized a couple of other things. 11 machines like this would cost somewhere between 15 to $20 million, he estimated. Whereas this factory, the additions when they make this factory cost them $55 million. So less than half the CapEx expense. So huge improvements by thinking this way, as opposed to thinking this way, this way, as opposed to this way. And so, when, we, when Shingo talks about the huge opportunities when we think about production the right way, then it opens up these time to market, turnaround, ability to pull, delivery time, because instead of, in this case, it takes a month or more to be able to hit a specific scheduled product. In this case, you can just do it on demand and you can be a pure pull. And so then you get rid of all that inventory and here you've got big batches that they have big warehouses they have to store things in because they can only produce once a month and here you build to demand. So you can get rid of all those warehouses. Huge advantages to the operations. Your OEE goes from 42% to 95% or 58% to 95%. So Shingo talked a lot in his books about helping organizations make huge advances. He loved bragging about the great work that his customers did. 
And this is the biggest reason why Shingo's customers got such great results, including Toyota, is they focused on the process before they focused on the operations. Process first, operations second. Now, let's take this for a minute and apply it to some other industries uh, before we finish up. In, in medical care, yes, it is true that the value is added when the patient care is taking place. But as we've learned from things like our drive-through uh, test pandemic COVID-19 testing systems that we've seen, the best systems that the hospital set up are the ones where they focus on the flow of, like if it's a drive-through, the flow of the vehicles and how do you get them through as quickly as possible it's not so much about sticking the swab up the nose and, and recording it. That doesn't, that takes the same amount of time. That's the equivalent of the operation, the horizontal operation, but it's the flow of the cars or the flow of the people through a vaccination clinic or something like that, that makes the most improvements. You can serve more people and serve them more effectively in healthcare. If you think about the process first and less about the, the jab in the arm or the swab up the nose. And so and you can apply this same principle to other aspects of healthcare. It's the same if you think about it in financial services. Think about the process, you know, and, and I'll, I'll just, you know, an insurance claims department. If you think about the process of how you can process that claim much more efficiently, you provide better service, even though the service of giving, of fulfilling the claim is the same. You don't make so much improvement by fulfilling the claim better. You, you make the improvement by serving the customers better. So this, this applies to everything we talk about and it's a way to make huge advancements in your improvement efforts. Just wanna remind you that we have a, a number of different courses to help you improve your process of improvement and you can see what's scheduled by looking at our website. And now I'm gonna be open to questions. What is your suggestion for leadership behavior changes regarding focus on product? Thank you, John. Great question. Um, I would say that leaders need to understand this, this, this principle of focus on process, just as, and I, I'll use the example of, of the, the VP of R&D who had heard it from the, the VP of manufacturing as it bubbled up through the system from the plant. But it had escalated to a, a, a C-suite discussion, and it should be a C-suite discussion. Whether you invest in a $55 million plant or 11 different $1 to $2 million machines is a huge change in how you think and how you spend money. It's something that has to be at the C-suite level of discussion. And the way to get there is they've got to understand the, they've got to understand the principle and how to apply the principle. I hope that answers your question. Ray, good to, good to hear from you, Ray. Are you in favor of some of the new digital technology that helps us focus on the right areas of the process? I'm thinking Industry 4.0, for example. Absolutely. We, we find that the, the best companies are the ones who are, are best at using technology wisely. That doesn't mean they spend the most money. Matter of fact, as the example I gave of the pharma company is a great example of that. Here, if they had been spending their money more wisely, they would have spent less than half as much on CapEx and be much more efficient in how they produce their product. And that's the sort of improvement that we like to see technology used for. Look at the technologies that help you the most and, uh, and apply them to meet your corporate objectives. Don't just spend money to spend money. 
or invest just to invest. Invest wisely to achieve your goals of efficiency, good quality, and you know, flow, get good flow in your process and, and be able to respond to the pull of the market. Okay, what's who's next? In pharma, QC and QA take a lot of time and hours per batch. Is there a way to mitigate that? This will drive up cost yearly, so it is something that needs to be mitigated. Always, um, pharma has to deal with uh, has to deal with that. Let me let me give you a different concept, though. The, what is what is a batch? Um, we use batch because of the traditional thinking about everything has to be in a vat as a batch, and that batch has unique characteristics. If you, if you think of one piece flow and you think of small production equipment, you have to redefine a batch. But I think it's okay if you redefine a batch as a certain time period, from this time to this time. You know, maybe you do certain uh, measurements of process conditions from, you, you do them every 15 minutes. So from nine to 9.15, all of that creates a batch because you measured the conditions and they were stable over that time. The next 15 minutes is another batch. But in the meantime, what you're doing is you're creating a one-piece flow production process. And as a result, you can't think of it as the, the big batch, the, you know, the, the 30-meter high vat with everything you're going to make that month batch. You think of it as what we produce from this time to that time. And I think we can get regulators to agree to that kind of an approach to the definition of a batch. Uh, how do you maintain speed on execution and not disrupt the organization too much while continuing improving processes? Um, when you have a more simplified process such as Shingo suggested, the speed on execution is much faster. Just the example, I'll go back to the pharma example that I gave you. To save two to three years in getting to market, that is speed on execution. If you start thinking of big, complicated, big batch equipment, that is going to slow down your execution tremendously. In the agile mindset and instant results, how do you convince the leadership to spend more time on understanding the process before committing capital without fully understanding the impact? If you go with them with a case of, give me a chance to go to market two, to, two years faster, I believe they will listen to you. Um, Shingo was asked this question all frequently. How do you get leadership to buy into different improvement things? And he says, Show them the results and they will buy in. Ask them to give you a chance so you can show them the results and they will buy in. And even sometimes if you float ideas, such as this pharma company that floated up to the, the C-suite, that's the sort of discussions that need to be happening within all organizations so that they can change the mindset and structure their production, using Shingo's terms again, structure their production accordingly. Let's see, next one. What is better, first to hire good people into existing processes or first designing new processes into which you take new people in? Um, they have to go together. I don't know which, it's, it's you know, wh which came first, the chicken or the egg, and I, I don't know that I can answer that one. But if you have good people, they'll figure out how to focus on process. If you focus on process, you give them a step forward when you hire people into that, that particular kind of structure and that kind of mindset. Is there a good KBI to measure leadership behavior to focus on process? For, for this one, it, that one's, it's, it's been hard for me to conceive of a good KBI. It's, it's more, where do they spend their money and how do they spend it? That would be the behavior. Are they investing in one piece flow thinking or are they investing in big batch thinking? 
so the the leadership behavior is have we have we thought through and tested all the different things we need to do to get towards that one piece flow to get rid of all those big batch machines of those very complicated big batch machines that need 11 hours to to clean before you in order to do a changeover we need the behavior is the thought process and if the evidence of the thought process changing is they change their method of production how about focus on on process for variation that would result in waste just thinking of the connection of muda and mudi and muda um this is i think the question you ask has some very profound impact when you simplify your production line it is so much easier to identify waste so much easier to make quality improvement so much easier to do you know, if you have no as, as shingo said the best changeover is no changeover at all right and so if you have a dedicated small machine that if you don't have to run it right now it's okay not to run it if you have a 55 million dollar facility of big batch equipment and it's the only way you can produce anything that that's you've got to feed the beast and and that creates more waste more unnecessary labor and just leads to a whole bunch of different other problems when you simplify your your process you reduce the variation you reduce any strain you reduce the 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 waste and so on it's it's so much better when you think about this i'd love to take you on a study tour and show you facilities that practice this principle because i think you would understand it even better if you could see it in action okay next question one reason why corporations prefer operations let's see it now okay prefer operations versus process improvements is the easier way to explain ROI in accounting terms. Any advice on how to better justify process? And, and I think Yavor, you are absolutely correct. It's easier for us to think about the operations because that's where those are the places where we add the value. And so we think we got to do this operation, then we got to do this operation. And, and I am, I am, even though I ran manufacturing companies, I am guilty of this. This is the kind of thinking that that I was guilty of. I think many executives today still are guilty of that, and that's why I decided to to focus on this. Um, it's easier to think of operations because that's how you make the product. But if you show them the results and show them how simple, you show them how much quicker to market, you show them how your efficiency goes up, you show them how you can better uh, control quality, they will get it. But it takes some time to understand this. And it takes people like you, you know, continuing to urge and urge and urge and get them to where they'll they'll be able to understand it and be able to apply it within the within your organization. So I think we're coming to the end. Maybe one last question, Mary. Do we have time for that? Go ahead. One last question. One last question. Okay, Amit, you get it. How do you see focus on process when it's low volume and high mix environment? Any examples you can share? Well, this is the perfect example. If you have low volume, high mix and a big batch machine, that just means more changeovers and shorter run times and less efficient use of your investment. If you have small machines that, that are adapted to a particular product, you can run them whenever you want. Low volume is not an issue. High mix, you've got the flexibility to be able to deal with it. This is the perfect way to think about low volume and high mix. 
focus on process first before you focus on operations. And thank you everybody for joining us. And I hope this was something that will help you improve your process of improvement. Thank you so much for presenting today. And thanks to our listeners for joining in and for all of your great questions. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you're looking for additional educational opportunities or you would like to learn more about the Shingo model, please visit our website at shingo.org. Please remember to subscribe and to tune in to next time.